0: or toll-free at 888-382-7502.
1: You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Dawn, ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Happy Friday, everybody. That means we've got Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com on the line with us. How you doing today, my man?
2: I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day out here right before the temperatures cool down a little bit this weekend, which I'm looking forward to, but I know a lot of people are really enjoying this nice weather today.
3: It's pumpkin patch weather. It's almost there, man. And I'm really, like Christian said, I'm really looking forward to the temperatures cooling down. I've been waiting for fall, and this is kind of how it is in Alabama. You get midway through October, and you're like, come on, man, what gives? And then you look around, and it's like,
1: oh, it's all of a sudden 45 degrees outside. Cool, cool.
4: It's time to talk some football!
1: (laughs) Christian, Auburn, Arkansas tomorrow, of course, you also cover Auburn football recruiting, and Auburn has had a flurry of commitments this past week.
2: Yeah, they got a couple of them with a pair of Auburn high offensive linemen, which is good to see. I don't think either of these guys are coming and start right away next year, but you know give him a give him a year to redshirt maybe another year in the system and then they could be a couple of year starters i think drew bobo while he does play tackle at auburn high he's going to be more of a guard probably a center at the next level i like drew as a center he's very technique based he's really smart the way he plays the game which makes sense since he is a coach's son so i think him at center would be fantastic and then eston ej harris they got last night who he's more physical probably needs to be refine his game a little bit more build up still a little bit more as well but he could be a potential starter at tackle in a couple years
1: you go and look up and down eston harris's offer sheet Georgia's on it there's a number of really talented teams on that so he was highly sought after
2: yeah he was it kind of came down you know there was a point there where he had his top five and alabama was in it and oregon was in it and then it kind of narrowed down to auburn florida state florida got in the mix late and then it was kind of auburn florida and auburn just kind of ended up surging and kind of leading the way so they were able to get him last night And then there's another local kid that Auburn seems to be really close to being able to get as well, and that's in Tay Woody out of Lafette, who plays defensive tackle and offensive tackle. Now, he is committed to Florida State at the moment, but from what I've told, he's pretty close to flipping, and Auburn really likes their chances to be able to get him soon.
1: What about Curtis Perry? Because Eston Harris, Drew Bobo, they started a hashtag campaign last night on Twitter called Hashtag KP to the Plains. Curtis Perry, the defensive tackle slash defensive end over at Pike County, I believe, or is it Pike Road?
2: I think it's Pike Road School in Pike County or something like that. I don't know exactly, but look, he's number one on the wish list for Auburn's defensive line targets this year. They're going all out to try and get him, and I think so far it's working. Auburn, I don't think necessarily leads. I don't know if any team leads for Curtis right now. He's still... A ways away from making a decision but
1: he's got a top five coming out pretty soon it comes right? out today okay it comes
2: out like at five o'clock yeah so i
1: tweeted like yesterday auburn's he was looking for get. someone to make an edit i was like that's kind of like last minute bro. <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> auburn's gonna be in that top five it's really a top he, he'll have a top five there's really three main players in his commitment right now and that's auburn alabama and ohio state and it really feels like it's gonna shake down to an in-state battle between auburn and alabama
3: Who's somebody that we're not talking enough about right now in terms of prospects that Auburn's looking at that they could potentially get in the future? Who's somebody that's kind of sitting under the radar?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, You know, he was just in this past weekend for an official visit, and he is very highly rated, but I feel like not a lot of people are like, oh, we got to go out and get this kid, and that would be Austin Osbury, uh, the defensive back out of Baton Rouge. Um, His dad works in LSU Athletics, excuse me there, but he is very, very good. Auburn likes him as a corner. They like him as a nickel. They like him as a safety. They think he can do it all. And they really want to get him and his uh, official visit this past weekend seemed to have gone really well. So he's another guy to look out for as well.
1: All right, guys, it's time for our favorite analogy, traffic light of recruiting. We haven't gone to this in a long time. <laughs> You've got red, green, yellow. Green means things are going well. Yellow, you're cautious. Red, Panic, where you at?
2: Uh, I'm still at a yellow. I don't think this recruiting class will ever get to a green light for me personally. You had
1: it close to a red, though, about oh, yeah. a month and a half to go. I
2: had it as a strong yellow, moved it to a light yellow, and now it's just kind of right in the middle at about just a, a normal yellow light. Um, I'm, you can still get through it? You can still yeah, get through the intersection? You can still get through it, but like... I mean, they got above Vanderbilt now. I guess that's a good step. They're not dead last in the SEC anymore, at least in the rivals' rankings. But, look, it's still not a fantastic class. It's one that puts them behind a little bit. But I also know they're going to hit the transfer portal super hard. They're going to go after some JUCO guys, guys that could play and make more of an impact next year. So it's not terrible, and there's still guys on the board that could really help move this class, like a Darius Clemens, like a Curtis Perry, like an Austin Osberry. But – I don't think anything will ever fully fix this recruiting class for me and make it a green light, at least for me.
3: Does this recruiting class at any point potentially get into the top 25 nationally Uh, uh, if they get all of those guys?
2: If they get all those guys, I think they might sneak into the top 25 because Darius Clemens is really highly rated. Same with Curtis Perry and same with Osberry. If they're able to get all those three, I think they'll sneak into the top 25. But also you have to keep in mind, from what I've been told, Auburn really only wants to sign 19 guys in this class while some other schools are signing 25. So mm-hmm. it is a little tougher for them to crack the top 25 when they're not signing as many kids.
1: What's the reason for not wanting to sign more than 19?
2: Yes, there's a couple. Um, the COVID year is one. You know, they have to save some scholarships for guys that will take advantage of that COVID year and play another year. They want to hit the transfer portal hard. They want them to go after JUCO guys as well. So they're only really looking at like 19 prospects.
1: Let's head to the phone lines now 334-321-1390 is the number to call our text line at 334-564-1840 and we've got Travis with us on the line. Travis how's it going man?
4: Hey guys I apologize for calling so early I didn't mean to interrupt the first segment.
1: No you're good we always want to hear from you.
4: Yeah uh, well guys you know I, I believe that Cornelius Williams might have gotten himself screwed out of a job you know even though I've heard that that corn might have been doing some screwing of his own, but now I can get on the end of all that this Friday afternoon. But uh, guys, you know it's obvious that, his, that it wasn't his fault that the receivers stink this year. You can't make chicken salad out of chicken poopoo. You know what I'm saying?
1: Hey, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> that and, and Gus didn't leave a whole lot of talent. The cupboard was pretty bare coming into this season.
4: Yeah, and, and guys, uh, another mini rant here is that are we the only team? that takes moral victories away from a 24-point loss at home on our own field. I mean, guys, we ran for under 50 yards. Georgia threw for over 200. They ran for over 200, so they can pretty much do whatever they want to against our defense. I mean, when are we going to stop except the mediocrity? This is a conversation that we brought up a lot of times under Gus Malzahn when he was leading our, our, our team and our program. And, I mean, guys, this is Auburn. I mean, we don't need to be talking moral victories when we get scrubbed in our home field, I don't care who the opponent is. I understand Georgia's looks like they're head, head over heels above everybody else in college football, but that, that shouldn't even matter.
1: Yeah, I'll say this, though. I mean, Georgia's a really good football team, and I'm not trying to make excuses here. I'm just laying out the reality of the situation. Auburn was 14-and-a-half point dogs in their own place, and I thought Auburn did some things well enough early on to where if, talking about the receivers like you were a few moments ago, if they had just made some plays, if Sean Shivers doesn't have a pass come off his shoulder pad into the hands of a Georgia defensive back, if John Samuel Shakers catches a football in the end zone on the first drive, if those two things don't unfold but the way that they did, the game, I think, plays out a little bit different because I thought Auburn was still hanging in there even into the second half, about midway through that third quarter when Georgia finally broke through just because they grind teams out. So I think the score is not actually indicative of how well I thought Auburn played. They seem to be really close, just not quite there yet. And that's fine. You can say all you want. I mean, they need to win these football games. I'm with you. We don't expect mediocrity, and you shouldn't expect mediocrity. But I'll tell you, you know, the step in the right direction for Auburn, even though as bad as LSU has been this year— Gus Malzahn didn't win in Baton Rouge. This head coach did, right? And so at least he's one and one against rivals at this point, and he still got the iron ball at home at the end of the year.
4: Yeah, I'm not so sure Auburn or Auburn High School or Lee Scott couldn't win in, in Baton Rouge right now with the dumpster fire <laughs> that team's become. But uh, but guys, you know this is this is a, a huge stretch for this team. I mean, you just got beat by Georgia. Now you got to turn around. You got to play on the road. 11 a.m. kickoff. Then you have an off week for coming back home against Ole Miss, who's ranked. And then you've got to go back on the road at Kyle Field and College Station, where Alabama just got beat. And, uh, you know, this this four game stretch of Georgia, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and and I believe that Harson has to win three of them. Now, of course, you've already lost the first one. So I don't, I think the room, the margin for error is incredibly small, um, you know, in order to call it a successful season because. Even though Alabama lost, you know when they lose, they tend to get ticked off, and uh, and that's not good for the, the remaining teams on their schedule. So I'm not too confident about the Iron Bowl just yet. I need to see how Auburn finishes, how Auburn plays down the stretch, and Alabama, for that matter. Um, but you know, if you're if you're trying to look at a nine and three season, you know you need to you need to win these next three. That's huge for Harson being the first year head coach. It's huge for his recruiting.
1: You're not wrong, we were talking about that going into the season about how Harson needed to put together a eight and four, nine and three season, something that kind of gets the attention of folks out there and recruits out there. Travis, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, call into the show today: Very guys. That was Travis on the line with us. Gentlemen, who wants to take it away? Lance?
3: Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. harson has got to be able to kind of take this in, in, in a positive direction, right? And recruiting is not looking great in terms of the class, specifically the recruiting class. But as Christian Clemente just mentioned, I think Auburn's going to do a lot of different things outside of this in, these incoming freshmen to get guys into the program and to elevate it to the point where Auburn wants to be eventually.
2: Look, Auburn better hit that transfer portal really hard for offensive linemen and wide mm-hmm. receivers. We know offensive linemen, they're not great they're going to lose some of these guys and they don't have a whole lot left in the cupboard behind them. Like you think it's bad. Now the cupboard is pretty bare. They got to hit the transfer portal to build up some offensive line depth this year. And for some starters next year. And I mean, we saw it against Georgia. They need wide receivers. They need a playmaker. I don't know. Auburn doesn't have a number one wide receiver this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they have a number two wide receiver. Like I think the best receiver is Kobe Hudson. I don't know if he's a number two, even a number two wide receiver. Like, he's been good so far this year, but realistically, he should not be Auburn's best receiver. So they need to try and find somebody in the portal that they can make that guy.
4: And then,
3: go ahead. No, you got it, Lance. Go ahead. And then, also, on top of that, with the receivers, you know, I don't know how much Auburn fans are expecting out of this group for the rest of the season. I think I heard Justin Ferguson say this the other day. It's like you can, there's only so much of a ceiling on the guys that are already here and there's only so much that they can do to improve in these last six or seven games Mm -hmm. that auburn plays so auburn next season is going to like you just mentioned really have to get after guys in the transfer portal i know they got d rob this year fantastic but they're gonna have to really get some guys in order to kind of fill out this room like you mentioned not only with the receivers but with the offensive line as well
2: yeah they're gonna need a couple of receivers in the portal and if they get darius clemens he's probably a guy that's gonna start right away Mm -hmm. like he's really good in Auburn's receiver room is pretty bad so I think he can start right away next year
1: on the flip side though guys I do think that we can say some positive things about the Auburn tight ends and it's kind of bad to say that on any football team it would be bad to say that majority of your tight ends are better pass catchers than your receivers but I think that's kind of where Auburn's at right now
2: I think John Samuel Shanker is the best pass catcher on this Auburn team and I think Landon Kane was able to show against Georgia what he can really bring I think Landon Kane is a fantastic player he's not Kyle Pitts but that would be the closest tight end that I would equate to simply because he's very athletic he's very big but he can run kind of like a receiver but he is a tight end Um, Micah Riley Ducker the guy that they have committed Mm -hmm. I think those two will be an incredible duo moving forward for Auburn at the tight end position I think very highly of both of those guys
1: all right guys this Auburn Arkansas game tomorrow moving away from recruiting now what are kind of your earlier impressions of this football game
2: I think this is a fantastic opportunity for, as Ferg would say, you just mentioned him, Lance, to establish it. The Arkansas defense is 98th in the country in the run, in their run defense this year. This Arkansas defense looked strong to start the year. They've been horrible recently, and especially at stopping the run. This is a great chance for Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, and Sean Shivers to really go out there, run the ball, do what this Auburn offense likes to do, and that's run first and run a lot. And I think that's what we're going to see out of Auburn tomorrow. And, you know, I think this is a perfect opportunity for Auburn to be able to bounce back. There's no reason in putting the game on Bonix's shoulders. He's shown that actually he can do that like he did against LSU. But why do that when you have Tank and Jarquez going up against a bad Arkansas defense?
1: Let's head to a quick break here right here on On the Line. And when we come back, we continue to break down Auburn's game against Arkansas. We get into the nitty gritty of it when we come back. You're listening to On the Line. Friday edition of On the Line Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 1067 at Fox Sports Central Alabama number to call 334-321-1390 our text line at 334-564-1840, Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com with us for the Friday edition of the show to talk Auburn-Arkansas tomorrow. Going to be here with us for the full two hours. You get to make picks again. It's been a while.
2: Yeah, it's probably a good thing it's been a while because my picks have not been super <laughs> hot recently. It would be better than me. Mm.
1: I'm 54-38 and 38 on the year, my man.
2: Okay, it'd probably be better than you, but... Look, my rivals' picks are good, but that's because we only pick 10 games. I can do 10 games, but when you start doing a little bit more than that, it really goes downhill. I show my lack of knowledge around the country. Look, I know Auburn and I know the SEC, but when you ask me who's going to win Arizona State and Utah,
1: that's on the docket today. That's on the docket, oh, man.
2: I'm in two different pickems and I picked Utah in one, and I picked in Arizona State in the other because I was like, I don't know. I never get Utah or I never get Arizona State games right. I always pick them wrong. So. I figured I can at least get one of them right in one of my picks. But. Once
3: you start branching off the Power Five, it's just like, oh, no, Boise State and, and Air Force. You're like, what are we going to do there?
1: <laughs> well, let's keep it parked in the heart of the SEC and talk about this Auburn-Arkansas game for tomorrow. And Lance and I have been breaking this down from a schematic perspective. You talked about this in our previous segment, hashtag establish it, and try and get this ground game going. That's the heart of this matchup. Both of these teams are the key to victory for them who can run the football better than the other because at the end of the day the team that runs the football better team who has higher yards per carry i imagine that team will win this ball game
2: yeah and i think auburn is going to be able to do that to be honest not necessarily i I am picking auburn to win the game but i just think they're going to be able to run the ball better auburn's defense has shown for the most part that they can stop the run i know georgia kind of exploded for a lot of rushing yards in the second half That defense was tired. It had just been worked to death. They were out there for so long. I still believe that Auburn's defense is really good at stopping the run, and I think they'll be able to do that against Arkansas. Arkansas has shown that they can't really stop the run at all, and Auburn has two fantastic running backs and then a third in Sean Shivers that can also come in and mix things up a little bit, so I would pick Auburn to win that rushing battle.
3: This, to me, seems like a, 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 an easier version of what Auburn wanted to do against Georgia. Stop the run, put pressure on the quarterback, and establish the ground game yourself. And in this game, like you mentioned, Arkansas, one of the worst teams in the nation right now in terms of stopping the run. You mentioned it, 98th nationally in rushing yards allowed per game. That's 10th in the SEC. Uh, they are 10th also in the SEC in and, and yards allowed per run at f- almost 55 In case you're wondering, Auburn is second in the SEC in yards allowed per run at 3.6. They will stop Arkansas's ground game. At least it looks like on paper they should, and they will establish theirs as well. Like I mentioned, it's, it's like the Georgia game, except I feel like Arkansas is not as good in the trenches as Georgia, and I think a good indication of that is seeing what they did against Georgia just a yeah. couple weeks ago when they got shut out. Like you mentioned, I agree with you. I think Auburn's defense is still really good at stopping the run. I think they're going to be able to do it in this game, and I think everything that Auburn wants to do, even offensively, stems off of that. They're going to have a lot of success, I believe, offensively
2: look I'm not a huge believer in Arkansas to be completely honest same I've been look if if Arkansas wins this game this weekend I wouldn't be shocked but I'm I'm dying on the hill right now that I don't believe in Arkansas I think Auburn's gonna put the pressure on KJ Jefferson to go out and win it and I don't think he's gonna be able to do that personally
1: you are not alone okay (laughs) that's good at least two people on that hill all right people (laughs) may be storming it but we will come out
2: victorious. I'm I'll hold your you. six.
1: There you go. <laughs> so we've got
3: we we will shut down the running game. We'll put a spy on KJ on third down, and then we will make sure Traylon Burks is bracketed. Make sure that he's not going anywhere. Where else do they get? Where who do they get to the, fo- the football to? They don't have anybody else. I don't think. I know Blake Kern's good, but like I don't know if they've got anybody else on roster that they can consistently rely on in mm-hmm. third down situations like that.
2: Yeah, and you said it. A spy on KJ Jefferson is huge. I am a little concerned about that if Owen Papo is not ready to go this weekend that would be concerning because I think he would be the guy that would kind of be a really good spy and be able to keep an eye on KJ Jefferson so if he's not ready to go this weekend that presents a little bit of a concern for me but I'm still not overly concerned.
1: Mum's the word of course on injuries with Brian Harson, but what do you know about the injury report right now?
2: yeah so Owen Papo is really kind of the main one he's dealing with that ankle injury from what I've heard it was a high ankle sprain and that's kind of what is that's what's caused the issue and forced him to not be able to come back quite yet those are tricky and Owen is obviously a guy that's probably going to be playing at the next level so there's no point in rushing him back and making him play on an ankle that's really just going to hinder his performance and make him not even really worth being out there
1: do you think he'll come back
2: oh I certainly think he'll come back this year he's not a kid that's going to just sit out the whole season i I think he'll be back this weekend, but we've also been saying that since the LSU weekend. So oh, so you think just,
1: he's going to play tomorrow?
2: I I think so.
1: But maybe but. sparingly, not as – maybe not you know, a high snap count that he's had. Across yeah,
2: they career. might try and work him in a little bit, and that also kind of speaks to what Chandler Wooten is able to bring in some of the different schemes that Derek Mason has done, you know, against uh, – I guess it was against LSU, yeah, where he was using Derek Hall and he was playing back there a little bit, where they were going against Georgia. They had three safeties out there at times, so – They'll mix things up a little bit, even if Owen is back out there.
3: I talked to Noah about this. Uh, it might have been on Wednesday's show. We've kind of covered everything that that would be a reason why Auburn would win this game, right? And I sat there on Wednesday like, what am I missing? What does the national media have? Why are they projecting uh, Auburn to win or lose, rather? Hate Auburn. And why are they projecting Arkansas to win by four and a half to five points? I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Is there something that we're missing here? Is there something that Auburn could just just flat out not win the battle in?
2: The only thing that like I see is it's kind of a desperate game for Arkansas where they've lost two straight, and now they come back home and they have an opportunity. But also, like it'll be very interesting. No offense to Arkansas, but like not a lot of these players are used to winning. So how are they going to react now that they're really kind of backed into a corner a little bit with a winning season and they need to respond? Are they just going to go back to – they're losing habits, and are they going to struggle that way? Or are they going to rebound and play like winners on Saturday? I, I really don't know what to believe, but that would be one reason I could say, you know, they're backed into a corner a little bit, so they might come out firing. But who needs the win
1: more? Lance and I talked about this yesterday. We both right. say Auburn. We say that Auburn is in a little bit more of a desperation spot than Arkansas is.
2: Uh, I don't know Arkansas's future schedule, but I think Auburn desperately needs this win because
1: it's definitely pretty easy for arkansas after this game they got arkansas pine bluff next week okay they'll get to host mississippi state then they're going on the road to lsu they get uh road game against alabama and then host to missouri thanks so okay five so and 0.
2: outside of alabama <laughs> outside of alabama that looks like a bunch of wins so i would definitely say auburn needs the win more because Ole miss is going to be tough really tough and um i still am not believing in them even though they did just beat alabama but you still have to travel there so that'll be tough mississippi state you never know what to expect against mississippi state south carolina if they lose to south carolina that's going to be a big problem but chad morris isn't the offensive coordinator so i don't expect them to lose to south carolina and then you have alabama so auburn's future schedule is a lot more daunting than arkansas is so to answer your question in a very long-winded way auburn needs the win way more
1: Let's head to a different topic now, breaking down these position groups between Auburn and Arkansas. I want to take a look at quarterback versus quarterback, running back versus running back. I want to say which team has the better position group. Been doing this every week since the start of SEC play. Now, let's take a look at it for this matchup. Who's got the better quarterback? Auburn. Okay. Really? I like it. They're different. It's apples and oranges here because their play style is very different. Take me through why you like Bo more than K.J. Jefferson.
2: I just think, you know, Bo is Bo. It's kind of a situation where we're two and a half years into his college career. We know what we're going to get. He's going to go crazy and pull off some crazy stuff like he did against LSU, and then it's not going to work against Georgia. It's just who he is. I don't think there's really too much of being able to change him, but I still think Bo being Bo is still a very good quarterback. If they could get him to just slow down just a little bit more you know go through maybe one more progression i think he'd be a really really good quarterback but i still think he's a really good quarterback right now the way he is
3: i have kind of been on the fence on this one i will say kj jefferson for two reasons number one i think that at home he is going to have more success as opposed to than what he would do in jordan Hare stadium and then number two even though we saw a little Bo Nix magic against LSU, is he going to be able to replicate that same magic against an Arkansas team that I believe is better? It took that performance from Auburn and Bo Nix to beat what looks like a 5-7, and 4-8 and eight type of LSU team. You're now looking at an 8-win Arkansas team most likely. On the road, early kick, are you able to go out there if you're Bo Nix and do the same thing that you were able to do against LSU – I just don't know, especially with the receiver issues. It's not necessarily he's a a terrible quarterback. It's just things outside of him, I feel like, are working against him in this matchup.
4: On
1: the flip side, though, I think it does say a little bit about this Arkansas offense that they don't really want him throwing the football. So I wonder where he's at. And looking at Kendall Browell's offensive scheme and what these guys do, and the depth of passing you and I saw you know about how this team throws the ball 40 percent of the time within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage kind of reminds me of Gus Malzahn offenses Mm -hmm. and how they don't really challenge their quarterbacks and I'm wondering if KJ Jefferson even has the ability if the game was put on his shoulders to win the game with his arm and I'm going to err on the side of no I like Christian's answer here I think it's pretty even because they're both I, KJ Jefferson's had a lot of success this year maybe even a little bit more success than Bo Nix in the eyes of the national media and, and just the general public but I think Bo Nix's ability in his ceiling is higher than that of 2021 KJ Jefferson now KJ Jefferson could become a beast by the end of his career but I think what we've seen out of these two quarterbacks at this point I think Bo can do something can do a little bit more with his arm than KJ Jefferson can in this offense and I think he's just as good of a runner
2: I just, I just still don't necessarily believe in KJ Jefferson. If he shows me something this weekend, I'll believe in him. But I still haven't fully bought in on KJ Jefferson.
1: Running backs. I'm assuming we're giving the edge to the best tandem in the country, gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Raheem Sanders and Traylon. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I mean Jarquez Hunter and Tank Bixby. That was just a joke. A bad joke. It failed. It, it went flat. All right. So running backs to Auburn. I've gave quarterback to Auburn. So did Christian. You gave quarterback to Arkansas and running backs to Auburn receivers I think we got to go Arkansas here too as well
2: yeah there's not too many receiving cores around the nation that I would pick uh Auburn over I would say both of these honest. receiving
1: cores are disappointing though I mean they've got Traylon Burks but after that what
2: yeah do they have they're not great but they have a number one yep so I'll give and it a to great Arkansas number one at that mm-hmm
1: Traylon Burks is, re, has received like 45 targets this season. The next closest is like 15. Jeez. So he's three times that of the next closest Arkansas receiver as far as targets are concerned. He's Seth Williams. That, that's what I see. It's a, Except a little bit better with a football in his hands. Lance?
3: Yeah, I, I wrote about this a couple of days ago. I think the fact that Arkansas has a number one receiver like Burks that can go up and get passes is, is all a team would need to get over the hump against a team like Auburn in their receiving core right now. They're just flat out not getting it done.
1: We only have about a minute left in this segment. Offensive line. Which offensive line do we like more? I like Auburn's. I I know you guys are are a little reticent here, but I like Auburn's from a pass protection standpoint more than I like Arkansas's. Arkansas has struggled to keep teams out of the backfield against KJ Jefferson, and I think Auburn, the evidence suggests, based on yards per carry, Auburn's the better run-blocking team as well.
2: Uh, I'll give Auburn a slight edge. I think Auburn's offensive line is not horrible. They've improved from last year. I mean, they're average. They're maybe a little bit below average, but like it is what it is, and we've kind of come to expect it now. So I think they've been okay.
1: On the other side of this break, we will get into Saturday selections. We'll go through the entire SEC and ACC slate of games here on the Friday edition of On the Line. You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Dawn, ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Fun show so far. we got Christian Clemente of albertsports.com with us for the Friday edition of the show. If you want to call in, 334-321-1390. Our text line at 334-564-1840. Coming up on the show in hour number two, we're going to have Buster Daniel, Lee Scott football head coach, joining us to talk a little Lee Scott football as the Warriors have senior night tonight on their home field at Judd Scott Field, taking on the Hooper Academy Colts. I'll be on the call for tonight's ballgame. If you want to check that out, go and find it on our sister station, AU100. That's 100.3 FM in the Auburn Opelika area. Pre-game at 6.30, kickoff at 7, as well as you can watch the broadcast on the Lee Scott Sports Network Facebook page. Once again, Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com with us for the Friday edition of the show. Christian, what all can we expect as far as content on AuburnSports.com?
2: Yeah, so we just had a Q&A go out uh, actually right before I came here with the, uh, our Arkansas site, and then we'll have a ton of different game coverage tomorrow. We'll have pregame stuff. We'll have our picks, which are actually surprisingly going well for me, and then we'll have postgame coverage obviously as well.
1: Are the Arkansas people confident?
2: Uh, the Arkansas person that I talked to picked Arkansas and I think by like a touchdown so I'd say they're pretty confident but I think the Auburn fans are pretty confident too
1: this is kind of a breakthrough game that's what I've pegged it as for both of these teams each team needs it to kind of propel their season forward whereas the other one will get stuck in the bog they will get stuck in the mud of this mid-season schedule so I think both of these teams need this but without further ado let's get into Saturday selections Saturday selections all right, not optimal last week. I went seven and eight. Now that that's out the way, Lance went ten and five. Sting went eleven and four. Welcome Woo. into the program, Sting, Lance, and Sting. Now tied at to the top, sixty-two and thirty. My season's over. I'm at fifty-four and thirty-eight. Playing against myself Throwing in, last in the place. towel. No, early. Didn't
2: you pick Nebraska next last week? He no, did. Only lost by three. Oh, really? They I didn't realize it was that three. close. To be honest, I don't pay attention to the Big Ten, but
1: it was close. They only okay. lost by three. Fair enough. You listen to the program. Or were you on the show? Were you? Were I was here last for the week? first
2: thirty minutes, so Did I couldn't pick be picked. Did we pick when you were here? You were just telling me about how you want oh, to pick yeah, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, right, I was like, air. okay,
1: whatever you say. Hey, they only lost by three. <laughs> that's that's a team that just doesn't know how just doesn't know quite how to win yet. Where I'm at in picks right now is when I golf with somebody who's really really good and then they leave me in the dust. I'm like, all right, I'm playing by myself now. So <laughs> Just me and my thoughts. Yep. All right. All right, here we go. We started off in the SEC, number 20, Florida, at LSU, 11 a.m. ESPN. Lance, you were trying to write an article earlier today about five reasons why LSU will win this ballgame for LSU Wire. And uh, kind of curious, could you come up with five? Yes, yeah, some of you may
3: know this. I, I Not only do I write for Auburn Wire, I write for LSU Wire uh, under USA Today. And I was writing an article about – five reasons why LSU could win this game. It took me forever to get to the fifth reason. You and I were sitting there just trying to come up with the fifth reason. I could barely do it. Look, there's not a lot going right for LSU in this game. About half their starting defense is out. Kayshawn is out. Uh, Ed Ogeron should be should have been gone he a week ago. Out. He may be gone as well. This team is checked out. The fans are checked out. I'm checked out. You can get mid, you can get 50 yard line tickets right now for less than $75 at that game. That is a that is a cross divisional rivalry, Florida and LSU, that nobody cares about right yeah. now. I'm gonna take Florida to win this game. LSU's rush defense was atrocious last week against Kentucky. If Kentucky can run the ball on you like that, Florida will. Right now, they are the the, the best non-service academy rushing offense in the nation. So give me the Gators to win this one. I think they cover as well.
5: How many players has LSU lost this week alone? I think it's three, right? Athlete, yeah, think- Ricks, and um, Ali Gay? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And really unfortunate. The hit The hits just keep coming for the Tigers. Um, I'm going to go with Florida, too, and big.
2: Yeah, uh, you guys hit it. Florida, and I don't think I will pick LSU in another game this season. I haven't seen the rest of their schedule, but I can't imagine them winning think another game. I they play
5: ULM later, and that's it. I might, still, I might still be picking <laughs> ULM. Been, they keep losing players. I mean,
3: Exactly.
1: Let's see how is Louisiana Monroe doing this year? They, in football? there's no, no way, way doing We
3: week. talked about this earlier in the week. They just their offense has just not been very good this season, and they're like, they're they're, they're just not as hot as. I still they might happen. pick them to beat Ellis. I, that's, what I said. <laughs> that's what I said. Uh, give me earlier. the upset. Yeah, give me the upset there. Just go ahead and lock so that in. Terry
1: Bowden's the head coach. Yep. He <laughs> yep. Even Who's more the amazing. offensive coordinator again? It's some other well-known offensive coordinator out there as well. That's with him. But I can look it up. Yeah, LSU's going four and eight. This is the end of the line for them. I'll take Florida in this one as well. Number 21, Texas A&M. Nine point favorites. Nine on the road at Missouri. 11 a.m. SEC Network. Uh, It's Rich Rodriguez, the OC at ULM. What what (laughs) (laughs) What NCAA simulation
3: are we living in right now? But this game, this uh, A&M Missouri game, look, do not be surprised if Missouri somehow manages to win this game. Do not be surprised. Eli Drinkwitz has has that game in his pocket where it's just the how do you like me now game. It's like, all right, guess what? I'm somewhat of a competent coach. I want to pick this game, but Texas A&M and their rushing attack, I think, against Missouri's awful rush defense is going to be just enough. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's almost like it's not there. I'm going to take AM to win this game, but I don't think they cover that nine-point spread. Interesting take. Yeah, I was I was wondering. I could kind of
5: see how the argument for AM having a bit of a hangover this weekend, but Missouri has really disappointed me. I remember not too long ago, we were talking about how Missouri was going to be really good, and they haven't been. Yeah. I'm going to go with a and I, I can see them not covering the spread. That's a little big for a for team on the road, but I think they get it done.
2: Uh, I'm going to pick A&M, and I'm going to pick them to cover the spread, actually. Uh, Mizzou let me down. I picked them to beat Boston College. They let me down. I don't believe in Mizzou anymore at all this year. I liked Connor Bazelak. He's also let me down so far this year, so I'm going with A&M.
1: I want to pick Missouri so bad, but I'm not going to. It just feels like... No way,
2: to get back in it, you got to get some upset picks. I don't know. I think you <laughs> should pick Missouri.
1: it, it got to be strategic it. still.
3: It just feels like this is one of those games where it's like you, you don't expect A&M to lose it after seeing what you what you saw last week, and then Zach Calzano will like return to his average form against a terrible defense He'll have and to throw lose. three picks. I, if we come back on Monday and he does that, I'm going to lose my mind.
1: I'm not saying that's out of the realm of possibility, but I'm trying to find the pathway to victory for Missouri in this game, and it's A&M has to give it to them. Think about it. I mean, Missouri's yeah. defense is horrible, and then A&M should be able to limit at least a little bit of what Missouri does on offense, although Missouri's offense isn't horrible. I still think if Missouri's held to 24, which is doable, A&M wins the ball game. Even if Zach Calzada throws two or three picks, that may still happen. So the safe pick is a and m number 11 kentucky at number one georgia now this one no i'm joking 21 and a half my favorites are the bulldogs 230
3: p.m cbs man the question for me is how many offensive touchdowns does kentucky get in this game as opposed to the opponents that georgia has played in weeks past i don't know if they get to i don't know if they get to i just don't see kentucky being able to run the ball consistently against this georgia defense and will levis is not a great quarterback he's good but he's not great. I think Georgia wins this game simply because their defense is just too overwhelming. And I think they cover that 21 and a half point spread.
5: I have a bet riding on this game. Although I guess it's not really a bet because if Georgia wins, the people I have this bet against don't really have to do anything. It's just like, okay, yeah, that's what we expected. If Kentucky wins, I Hold have agreed.
1: Hold on. You go ahead. No. Tell everybody.
5: If Kentucky wins, I have to take a bite out of a banana with the peel still on it. Like Will Levis apparently does. And, and if Kentucky wins by double digits, I have to eat the whole thing.
1: But if Georgia wins, you get nothing.
5: No, I get nothing. I, I don't know. I didn't All really right. think about it that far. Georgia wins, though. I don't think I'm going to have to do either
2: of those things.
1: <laughs> the finance major, not a good investment. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right.
2: yeah, it's going to take an incredibly talented team that plays outstanding to beat Georgia, and Kentucky is not incredibly talented, and they're not going to play outstanding tomorrow. I know my boy Jake Weiss over at OA uh, he picked Kentucky to win mm-hmm. simply because will Levis eats the full banana and he puts Mayo in his coffee citing that Kentucky is fearless wait um, I Kentucky didn't know can about be the he puts Mayo in his coffee that yes. can't, that, that's fake that's no, it's that can't real. be real it's real what does it do I' have no clue I don't it makes it disgusting that's uh, look all I know is he cited Kentucky being fearless Kentucky can be fearless all they want they're gonna get crushed it doesn't matter.
1: I bet Will Levis is the kind of person who smashes cans on his forehead or something <laughs> like that or breaks bricks with That's the head. least crazy
5: thing that he does. If you said he, he does that gutsy, and those though. other two things, that's the least crazy thing on the list.
1: He is gutsy, though. All right, and I like gutsy. I think Kentucky covers but doesn't win. 21 and a half a lot, and we've seen some games between Georgia and Kentucky where Georgia doesn't cover that line, even if Georgia is overwhelmingly the better team. I think this defense can cause some issues for georgia's offense i think that's going to put some things on film that us across the country can say oh well maybe george is not invincible and maybe we can finally cross another team off that list or the last team on that list of squads that are not invincible and so i think that kentucky can keep it within arm's reach lose by two touchdowns that's still a cover i'll say like 24 to 6 24 to 10 something like that georgia wins Now the last two SEC games on this slate. Number five, Alabama, 17-point favorites, Angry Elephants at Mississippi State, 6 p.m. ESPN.
3: I've got a weird stat for you, and this one comes from Saturday Down South. After Alabama's last five regular season losses, three of those times, the next game they've played has been against Mississippi State. They've won by an average of a little over 16 points. The spread in this game is 17. Weird. Weird. Anyway, just random stat out there for you. I think Alabama needs a get-right game. I think they get it. We talked about this last week a little bit as well. After losses with Nick Saban, Alabama goes on just absolute killing sprees in terms of scoring points. (laughs) I think they're going to get it done in this game, and I think they cover as well. Now, the question in this this game for me is, like, if Mississippi State's going to win it, how often does Alabama blow coverages against that air raid offense? I just don't know if that's going to happen that often because Mississippi State just doesn't throw the ball downfield that much.
5: Yeah, I feel really bad for Mississippi State in this one. Like they didn't really do anything wrong, and they're they're gonna get crushed by Alabama Saturday. It's it's gonna be violent, I think. Those Nick Saban revenge games are or not revenge games, but just bounce back after a loss. Those are real. I think Alabama wins by a lot.
2: Ooh, see, I don't know if Mississippi State's gonna get crushed. I don't know what to think about Mississippi State. Even since last year, I never really know what they're gonna do. It wouldn't shock me to see them win this game or really any game. But I'm really never, ever going to pick them to win the game. So I'm still going with Alabama. But I think it'll be decently close, maybe like a touchdown or 10 points.
1: What about 14? That's still Mississippi State covering.
2: Yeah, that could work too, I guess. I, I still think it'll be closer to like 10, though. I think Mississippi, Mississippi
1: State st- defense is not bad. It's good.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. Something about Mississippi State, it's always like, oh, they could definitely win this game. Or they could get crushed. And I don't really know which will happen.
1: Alabama wins it. I'm not going to think too hard about it. Mississippi State may cover may not could go really bad could be a bloodbath give me Alabama to win this game though have we all
5: picked the same team so far in every game Uh, at this point yeah
1: but this is where we might split some hairs number 13 Ole Miss two and a half point favorites on the road at Tennessee 630 p.m. SEC Network I want to pick Tennessee to win this game don't do
3: it because of how well the offense has been playing it's at home do it it's in Neyland Stadium Hendon Hooker's playing well do it the ground game's going well Ole Miss has got the offense roaring. Their defense ain't playing well, though. You don't
0: wear
1: checkerboard overalls. Don't do it.
3: I don't want to pick Tennessee in this game, but I'm going to do it. Ah. I think the Vols win. I think the offense gets it done at home. This is going to be a fun game. A lot of points are going to be scored. It's going to be a track meet. Give me the Vols to win in a close, close game.
5: You know, I usually say like as a joke, like, "Wow, you guys took all the words out of my mouth." You said everything that I was thinking about that game, Lance. You actually just did. Dang it! Like that's every <laughs> two
1: people with that is, Tennessee.
5: That is every single <laughs> point that I was going to Check list on that, below. just for reasons that I think that I think Tennessee is going to win. I think. I think really the only reason Ole Miss won last week was because they were at home, and they won by one because Arkansas couldn't uh, convert the two point. I think Tennessee's offense is better than Arkansas's offense. At least they're playing better. It's more balance. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the Vols to win in Rocky Top. That crowd is gonna be insane. They're gonna be really hostile because they can't stand Lane Kiffin. I don't. I don't think Ole Miss has the defense to get enough stops.
2: I am so glad that you guys picked Tennessee, so that way I can get a game up on you guys because Ole Miss is going to win this game by at least 20. Really? I don't not believe in Tennessee in the slightest. Great, they beat South Carolina. South Carolina would be dead last in the ACC. South, South Carolina, Carolina beats South
1: Carolina every week.
2: Yeah, exactly. They beat Missouri. Missouri also sucks. I don't think Tennessee is good at all. Ole Miss is winning this game by at least a couple touchdowns.
1: I may not go to that extreme, but I do think Ole Miss wins this game on the road. Two and a half point line, I'd say they cover. They win by more than a point. I don't like that Ole Miss defense at all. I do think Tennessee scores. That's why I think this is going to be one of the most entertaining games of the weekend, just from a points perspective. But I also don't know if Tennessee's defense has shown the ability to stop anything this year either. When was the last time they played a good offense? Pittsburgh gave up Florida. 41 points. Florida, that's another one, gave up 38 points. You know, I mean, they – they, and I don't even know – I mean, Pittsburgh, you might be able to make an argument because of their passing game, might have a little bit more of an effective offense than Florida this year. But I, I will take – Ole Miss to win that game on the road I don't feel great but I'll take it uh let's get through two ACC games really quickly before we go to break Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech two thirty 30 p.m ESPN 2
3: I don't really have to think too hard about this one I'm gonna go Pittsburgh I know Virginia Tech played Notre Dame close neither of those two teams are very good in my opinion Pittsburgh's offense has been playing really well Kenny Pickett dark horse for the Heisman give me Pittsburgh and they're going to cover as well
5: yeah I agree with that pittsburgh
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree with that
2: (laughs) anytime pittsburgh pops up on picks i always pick them i'm a pit believer for whatever reason and i'm sticking with that this week
1: i guess the quads have uh pittsburgh winning it here virginia tech offense bad very bad give me pittsburgh number 22 nc state three point favorites on the road at boston college
3: (sighs) this is a tough one this is a really tough game i'm gonna take the ranked team to win in, in in a year where the ranked team is lost but I feel comfortable taking NC State to go on the road and win because I just don't trust Dennis Grossel yet, their quarterback, Boston College's quarterback. He was able to get it done against Missouri, sure, but NC State's defense is just a little bit better, I feel like.
5: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about this one either. Make a (laughs) pick! Well, but I mean, I keep going back to Boston College College playing Missouri, but they only barely beat Missouri. So I I do think that NC State is better, and they are on the road. But, yeah, I'll I'll go with the Wolf Pack.
2: Yeah, I have no reasoning behind this pick, but I'll go NC State. I...
1: Strength the numbers, gentlemen. I'll take NC State, too. There we go. <laughs> There's one game that we had any like Strength in numbers, on. Wolfpack, it, they go together. So I'll, I'll take NC State. We'll all take NC State. We'll all lose together, the, inevitably. The, the, the people's <laughs>
5: champion in baseball, the NC State Wolfpack.
1: Yeah, after that <laughs> mess, too. Let's head to a quick break here on On the Line. When we come back, we continue to break down this Auburn-Arkansas game. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner, Lance Dahl with you, Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com. Fun show so far today, gentlemen.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate Christian Clemente coming by to uh, make some picks, talk some Auburn football. And if you've missed any of the show so far, go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. Go give us a review, go give us a five star review, subscribe. And we've we've got some great content loaded up for y'all there. Christian, what can people expect
1: this weekend as far as content?
2: Yeah, we'll have all of our different post-game coverage and we'll have some pre-game coverage. And then I've been doing my report card on Sundays, grading out the different position groups. Um, so I'll have that on Sunday as well.
1: How's Auburn shaking out in your grading so far this year? It's probably been a mixed bag.
2: Yeah, it's been... It's been tough. I, I don't. I still don't know what to think about this team. I think this is the first week I'm really going to be able to say, "Okay, this Auburn team is here and they are, they're good, and I believe in them." Or it's going to be a situation where if they lose, I'm going to be like, "Okay, Auburn's just—they don't have it this year." I think LSU was a good season-deciding win in terms of if they lost that game, this season could have been a disaster for Auburn. But I didn't put a ton of stock into the game overall just because I don't think LSU is that great and the whole Death Valley voodoo, everything like that, it was a tough game to judge. George is an incredibly talented team, so I didn't put too much stock into that game as well. This is the first time I think Auburn's going up against another SEC West foe that's really on par with Auburn, at least I think you can say going into the game, and you'll really be able to get a feel for this team.
3: Really specific question here for you. Out of all the games so far this season, what individual unit performance that you have graded has been the most impressive to you? Like quarterback against LSU, offensive line against whoever, defensive backs against whoever, what specific position group uh, performance has impressed you the most?
2: Uh, I think the highest – I think I gave quarterback an A-plus against LSU because Bo Nix won them that game. He wasn't perfect, but overall Bo had an incredible game, so that was probably – that was probably the highest grade that I've given and the most impressive, I think. Anybody, especially when you take into account the whole situation of getting benched the previous week and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that was an incredible performance. So I gave Bo as high of a grade as you can get for that one.
1: What's your take on the quarterback spot?
2: Uh, I still think Bo, I think after the LSU game, Bo earned the job and he earned himself at least a couple of weeks of leeway. I don't personally think he struggled against Georgia. I think that game was on the receivers dropping the ball. That interception was on Sean Shivers bobbling the ball off his hands. And Bo had to run away at times because he didn't have a ton of time in the pocket and he threw the ball away. I don't think that game was on Bo at all. I think if Bo were to struggle against maybe Arkansas and Ole Miss and then struggle again against AM, then that discussion might be getting sparked again for TJ Finley. But I think as of now, Bo has that starting job pretty well locked down.
3: I think some college football fans, and specifically Arkansas fans, would say that last year's game, Arkansas should have won. Looking back at that game and the way that Arkansas executed, do you think, A, they're going to be able to do similar things, for instance, taking shots downfield and completing passes, and B, do you think that weighs on Arkansas's mind that this is somewhat of a revenge game for them?
2: Uh, I'll answer the second one first. I think, well, clearly appears to be weighing on their minds which is a little absurd to me that a random regular season game last year is still one that they have a crazy amount of revenge for but whatever I guess they clearly seem to be extra motivated to play against Auburn uh what was your first question again take oh what they did last year
3: are they going to be able to do similar things this season I just Felipe Franks taking shots downfield and completing them was just one example for me
2: mm-hmm. um I mean, I think they have that possibility. K.J. Jefferson, while well, I don't fully believe in him, he is at least a pretty decent down-the-field passer, and Auburn's defense has really struggled to keep guys, keep the receivers in front of them and giving up explosive plays so far throughout this year. So I think it's certainly possible that Arkansas does that, but I, I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't see it for Arkansas this weekend.
1: I don't see it for Arkansas this season. I mean, I can see them losing another game after Auburn at this point, and well, they'll lose to Alabama, of course, yeah. but I can see them lose outside of that.
2: I could see them just slipping up at some point, whether it's a Mizzou State. or a Mississippi State, someone yeah. like that. Yeah, I could certainly see that.
1: It is odd, though, that last season's football game has been bulletin board material for Arkansas this season. I kind of wonder the reality, actually, of being able to carry that type of baggage into mm-hmm. another season. Josh
3: Dub tweeted out earlier, and I thought it was perfect. He was like, this fumble from Bo last year is like Ty Jerome double dribbling in a conference game of the 2014 Auburn basketball season. It's just irrelevant. It just wouldn't have mattered.
1: That's fair. That is
2: fair. It's also not Auburn's fault. It's the ref's fault. Exactly. Oh
1: that's it for our number one of on the line we'll come back with our number two talking about the defensive position groups between these two teams and who has the better group across the board we'll be back in just a moment
0: you are on the line Five
3: oh two. Hour number two of On the Line. Lance Daw, Noah Gardner, Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com here with you. It's been a fantastic show so far. And again, if you missed any of it, go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Hour number two here. We're going to continue on our Saturday selections. Going to talk to Zach Blackerby of the Locked On Auburn podcast. Buster Daniel of Lease, the Lee Scott head football coach. Talk about tonight's game. We're also going to break down the position groups between Auburn and Arkansas, the defensive side of the ball, and let's go ahead and get to that, starting with the defensive line. Christian, I feel like this is an area where Auburn has definitely improved as to where they were last season, both stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think they've certainly improved, and I think the emergence of Eku uh, Liotta has been huge for that as well. He's a beast. We know, we know relatively what we're getting out of Derek Hall. I think he's very good. He's still not quite what Auburn would probably like him to be they're still looking for that Jeff Holland just that dominant quick guy off the edge and Derek's not there quite yet but he's still pretty good but Akuliotta coming off the other edge has been really good so far so I think he's been a huge part of that in terms of being able to generate pressure on the quarterback and then also being able to help stop the run.
3: Auburn top 35 in the nation in sacks per game at 2.67. Do you think this Arkansas defensive line has any chance to perform better than Auburn's in this game?
2: Uh, So I just looked in the break because I don't know a ton about Arkansas's defensive line. And they have like 10 sacks on the season, which uh, not great. And they struggle to stop the run. Uh, I went into it certainly expecting to pick Auburn in this, and after looking at the stats a little bit more, I'll definitely roll with Auburn. I don't think Arkansas's defensive line appears to be anything special.
3: Arkansas' – oh, sorry. no, go ahead. Arkansas's defensive line, 106 nationally in sacks per game. They have nine this season. And as we've talked about a lot this uh, so far this week, Noah, their run game – or run stop – stopping has just not been very good so yeah i'm going to take auburn's defensive line in this matchup
1: 180 or over 180 rush yards allowed per game last three weeks it's gotten progressively worse Mm -hmm. against texas a&m gave up 197 that was back when the texas a&m offense was more accustomed to going backwards than forwards (laughs) georgia put up over 200 yards and then Ole miss was able to put up over 300 against them on the ground you break it down and sure, the running attacks got progressively better as well with each of those weeks. But I said this a couple times throughout the week. If your defense gives up 52 points to anybody, I don't care if it's the best offense in the country, you probably have some issues on defense. Mm-hmm. If you were a decent defense, you might have been able to hold them you know, into the 30s or something like that, right? But they just gave way completely. They didn't do anything to stop the run. If you give up 324 yards on the ground, you've got problems up front and part of that may be personnel decisions about the fact that they're solely going with three-man fronts at this point with the fact that they're really not backing them up with a ton of linebackers either these guys have been opting for more defensive backs than they have for linebackers and at this point they really haven't played any teams on their schedule that possess next level passing attacks either they haven't been challenged and yet they've been opting to go with more dbs than linebackers interesting personnel decisions i think it's going to kill them up front auburn should be able to run all over them
3: linebackers grant morgan bumper pool a couple of guys that were getting a lot of love just in the seasons cool just cool names or are they better than auburn's linebackers
2: uh if owen Papo's not playing that group is probably better than like zacoby and chandler wooten and cam riley or wesley steiner whoever it may be but uh, assuming that owen papo is playing alongside zacoby mclean i would probably take that duo over what arkansas has
1: I even think if Chandler Wooten's there instead of Owen Papo, Chandler Wooten's leading the team in tackles. I think Wooten's played pretty well at this point.
2: I think he's been okay. Yeah.
1: I'll take Wooten and, and McLean still over this Arkansas group. I think they're good in coverage. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're good at run-stopping. Yeah. And run-stopping for me, I just weigh this a little bit differently, especially in, this, especially in this league. I love a linebacker who can cover, but if you if you only do that in exchange – For poor run-stopping, I don't like that. I think first and foremost, these linebackers should be good at stopping the run because most linebackers can't cover. But if you are elite at run-stopping, that's at least something that opposing teams have to game-plan around. And uh, I think Auburn should honestly, like if these guys, if their running backs can get to the second level – I don't see Bumperpool and Grant Morgan really being able to do a whole lot.
3: I think that's a testament to what we were talking about earlier this week, right? About Arkansas's personnel running that three two six look. They just simply don't it doesn't look like they have the linebackers to go in and run a different set and stop the run. They're having to drop their guys back into coverage because that's what they do. Their top three tacklers on the season, that is Arkansas, have over fifty and they're all linebackers. Bumper Bumperpool at sixty-one. Hayden Henry at 50, and then Grant Morgan at 50. I still think because of the dynamic way that Owen Papo, Jacoby McClain, and Chandler Wooten play, I think they are better overall, more complete linebackers. Even if Papo doesn't play in this game, I think all Auburn's linebackers are just simply more talented than Arkansas's. I agree with everything you said there. Defensive backs, Christian?
2: Mm. This is a tough one because Auburn's defensive backs have really let me down so far this year. I thought they were going to be really good.
1: And the stats support Arkansas, but I kinda, I'm kind of i with you. The talent mm-hmm. is there that you might say Auburn's are better. But. I
2: think on paper, Auburn is more talented. Roger McCreary is better. Nehemiah Pritchett, he got burnt against Georgia, but I still like Nehemiah Pritchett. Jalen Simpson is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be pointed out real quick. When he's healthy – like, I think he's a guy that can compete for like an all-SEC spot. He is really good. He just cannot stay healthy. The safeties have not been incredible so far, but overall I'd go Auburn. I think Auburn's defensive backs on paper are just a little bit better.
1: Arkansas has held opposing quarterbacks to 6.1 yards per attempt, just three touchdowns to four interceptions, as well as somewhere like I think 150 – let's see i've got this written down somewhere uh, 156 yeah yards per game is what opposing quarterbacks have been able to do this year against them but also don't think that they've played great quarterbacks either i mean hudson card was benched for texas because of the the performance that he had against arkansas and yep. since then they have not looked back with casey thompson at quarterback texas a and was at calzada once again that was not an an A&M offense that was uh that that they were more comfortable going backwards than forwards, let's just be honest. And then after that, they played Georgia. They didn't have to throw the ball with Stetson Bennett. Yeah. And Ole Miss didn't have to throw the ball either. Matt Corral had more rush attempts than he had completions against Arkansas last week. I mean, that'll tell you how bad this Arkansas rush defense was. I think at this point, and, and, and let me add to this real quick before I move on, Ole Miss still had two hundred and seventy-five passing yards last week on fourteen completions. They're averaging like 20 yards per completion, had several receivers that were, you know, their their top four receivers are averaging like 39 yards per catch, or top three receivers were like 39 yards per catch last week. Ole Miss proved that this team could get beat over the top. Will Auburn challenge them through the air? Maybe not, but if you can establish the ground game, it makes throwing the football a lot easier against this team that likes to drop seven or eight guys into coverage on a consistent basis. I'm with you guys. I know that was a long-winded answer to say why I like Auburn's DBs more from a talent perspective. So far, Arkansas has done a much better job at performing the scheme that Auburn is trying to do, but I do think that Auburn's pass rush combined with Auburn's talent on the defensive backfield does give Auburn the edge in this category.
3: I think there are a couple reasons why I favor favor Auburn in this matchup, and a lot of it is what y'all just stated. First off, I think on paper, Auburn's defensive backs are simply more talented than Arkansas's. And then second off, not just looking at the way that these guys are performing, but looking at how they're going to approach this game, I just don't know if Arkansas is going to be able to stress this secondary as much as other teams Auburn has played so far this season. I don't know if they have the personnel outside of Traylon Burks to really hurt this secondary and expose it or hit big plays on nehemiah pritchett like georgia did last week and then also like you mentioned noah arkansas they may be six nationally in passing yards allowed per game at 156 but they've not really played anybody (laughs) like they ain't played nobody paul like they've not played played
1: nobody paul
3: they've not played any quarterback that has really stressed them either is bonix going to be able to do that I don't know. I don't think he'll need to. I don't think he'll need to exactly because the defensive line and the linebackers are so bad. This Arkansas defense is not very good. I just don't think it's very good. I want to get to the last position group here, not on defense. I just want to get y'all's thoughts. Special teams, I'm just going to roll out some, some numbers for you guys. Arkansas has made nine field goal attempts this season. Auburn's made 11. Auburn averages more yards per punt, 43.5 to 36.4. They average more kickoff return yards, 25 to 19.8. And they average more punt return yards, 13.6 to 3.6. Who has the advantage here?
2: Uh, Well, based off those stats, I would go Auburn. I'll be honest, I couldn't tell you who the Arkansas kicker, punter. Couldn't tell you who they are. So I'll go with Auburn. I I like Andres Carlson a lot.
1: I would have a hard time most years picking another special teams unit in college football over Auburn's. Typically, I mean, there there are better ones. Like, you know, k York's probably – not probably. He is a better kicker than Andres Carlson, more consistent. But there are very few teams that possess better special teams. I think that Auburn also think there is potential. There's some lightning in a bottle back there for them to be able to return a kick for a TD this year, whether it be a Nehemiah Pritchett or, or – so. they haven't really locked down the second return man spot yeah. on kickoff return. But Pritchett's got – the ability to take one back to the house, as well as I think D-Rob, if he could finally get some space on a punt return. He's been backed up deep inside his own territory a lot of times on punt return opportunities. He, he's he been catching balls inside his own 20-yard line a lot of times. You know, he hasn't been able to get going. So I think if you could get him a return at like the 30 or the 40, you could see a Demetrius Robertson punt return TD. There's there's a chance. This is a good special teams unit. And Oscar Chapman, man, it feels good to have a punter again. This is... He's, he is one of the better Auburn punters of the last decade. And don't forget, Auburn likes to really block punts and that,
2: kicks. That's what I was going to say. Auburn, I would give them another edge there because Brian Harson is really stressed. Special teams and being able to make plays there, whether it's Kalen Newton blocking a punt, Barton Lester. Yeah, does Arkansas it may be. have
1: Barton Lester? No. No. <laughs>
2: But I think that's another big advantage. I think there's always an opportunity for Auburn to block a kick or block a field goal with how aggressive they like to play on special teams. All right,
3: final thoughts about these matchups before we get to some more Saturday selections.
1: Receiver plays, the only question that i got to ask. Sean Shivers said earlier this week, and he harped on it, said that it was focus. I have a hard time buying that because I'm like, why are you guys still not focusing out? I can understand one game saying they that it's a it focus all problem, but like – my question is, do these receivers finally start catching the ball a little bit better?
2: I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I don't think it's a lack of focus. I think it's just a situation where they're in their own heads. And I think the entire group has started to lose confidence, and it's led to the running backs losing some confidence, maybe even the tight ends as well. It's not a situation where they're like scared to see the ball coming their way, but you know, they think for a split second like, "Oh, I got to catch this," and then they drop it. You know, I think there's just something in their heads that's going wrong right now and it's led to the whole group having an issue now i don't like the yips are you familiar with the yips i think they have the yips i honestly think the wide receivers have the yips and it's led to the running backs and the tight ends having the same issue
3: I think there are a lot of fundamental issues with this wide receiver core right now. If it's focused, they gave it all to Bo Nix before the season started because he is focused and having fun right now. Outside of that, I think it's fundamentals because you notice with guys like Shed, you notice how he doesn't put his hands out to catch the ball consistently. He tries to use his body. He tries to bring it into himself instead of actually putting his hands out and catching the football. We've seen that occasionally from other receivers as well. It's just inconsistent play with your fundamentals. I feel like part of that is focus, sure. Part of that is remembering I have to catch this with my hands, not with my body. But still, I think a lot of it is just things that, that, that Auburn just has to work out mentally.
1: Ditto. <laughs>
3: Ditto. Yeah. All right, before we go to break here, let's get some more Saturday selections in. Sting, play the hot key. Saturday selections. All right, we got four games here before we get to break. Number 12, Oklahoma State at number 25, Texas. Texas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. 11am Fox kickoff sting. What are you picking? Man, I don't know. I'm wrestling with this one a lot.
5: I'm so disappointed in Texas after going up by as many points as they did against OU just completely choking that one away. And I also really, really you like didn't Oklahoma state. You expect that state. to
1: happen? I mean, I'm not surprised I said that no, it happened. I was I was sitting in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I saw 28 to 7. I said, "No lead is safe when it is possessed by Texas." Yeah. No,
5: <laughs> I'm like I'm not surprised. I'm just like are you serious they, they went up by so many points against OU and couldn't do it and I also really like Oklahoma State for really no reason at all but this game's in Austin so I think I'm going to go with Texas
2: see I don't know why you like Oklahoma State I don't like Oklahoma State at all this year I, w- I
5: don't mean like I like them as like like I think they're a legitimate like a legitimate contender I just, I just always have Okay. I think like it's because enough. they always lose to OU, and when they when they do beat OU, it's like that's awesome, good for you guys. Okay.
2: I, I see where you're going with. I just don't believe in Oklahoma State this year. I think they're highly overrated. What are they? Would you say number eleven? Tender. What, what'd you say, number eleven or something they're like 12. that? Number twelve. Number yes. twelve. Yeah. I don't know if they're even necessarily a top twenty-five team in my eyes. So I think Texas is gonna look to rebound, and I think they'll be able to do that.
1: They're looking for that. This Texas team is trying to learn how to win big games i think they do it here i like this texas offense led by casey thompson he had like five tds this past week no picks they really weren't making any mistakes on the offensive side of the ball which i thought was going to be their downfall it was the defense but i don't think oklahoma state's offense really has the weapons especially a quarterback with spencer sanders or whoever ends up taking snaps for him i don't think just like you i'm not a believer and i think they're good big 12 team i just don't think they're number 12 in the country mm-hmm. or you know undefeated caliber either they just haven't played a tough schedule yet so i'll take oak i'll take texas excuse me not oklahoma state abort abort <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going texas to win this ball game and uh i wouldn't be shocked if it was convincing you
3: look at oklahoma state right now and their philosophy with the way that they want to play offense they want to run the football and they want their quarterback spencer sanders to be a game manager jalen warren for oklahoma state's been playing well this season as a running back but they've not managed to score more than 31 points this season they scored 31 against kansas state their defense has been good i don't think it's going to hold back this texas team that needs a get right game at home i think the offense and casey thompson is is going to get it done i think texas wins and i think they cover as well number 19 byu at baylor baylor is a four five and a half point favorite at home 2 30 p.m espn this is a toss-up game for me sting what are your thoughts yeah i think it could really
5: be a toss-up too also did you guys see that i I believe byu is going to go with a little sailor cougar on their helmets or something and baylor's doing the sailor bear that they'd already planned So it's going to be a little little sailor game that's Both both teams yeah so looking forward to that for sure I'm going to go with Baylor. I mean, they're five, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite for a reason, I think. I think Vegas knows what they're talking about, and it's in Waco, so I'm going to go with the Bears.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with Baylor as well. I'll be honest, I don't really know a ton about either team, but I just okay. think Baylor's probably well, – well, I know Baylor's more talented, so I'm going to go with Baylor.
1: They can put up a lot of points. That Baylor offense, I think, hovering around 40 points per game. They may have ducked a little bit under that when they played Oklahoma State, who is one of the better defensive teams of the Big 12. i make this one quick and simple. I'll take Baylor in the upset at home. I almost took Boise last week. I gave you guys reasons why they should win last week, and then I picked BYU. I was burned. BYU loses two straight, and they're going to be out of the polls when we wake up. Well, some of you guys may wake up at 1 p.m. on Sunday. I will not be. I will be awake well before then when the polls come out at 1 p.m give me Baylor to win and they'll be back in the top 25
3: BYU beat a Utah team that's not played very well this season they beat Arizona State at home by 10 that's somewhat impressive and then they lost at home to Boise State this past weekend they've just not done anything to like really impress me to say this is a top 20 team in college football the fact that they were number 10 in the country just a few weeks ago really confused me baylor coming off a 45 to 20 win against west virginia they're at home they're five and a half point favorites give me the bears to win and cover as well i'm taking a lot of teams to cover this weekend i'm gonna try and see not only if i get these picks right but if i get the uh the cover right uh in some of these games just to see where i'm at although i'm, I'm, I'm not a betting man i'm just i'm just curious number number four oklahoma at home against tcu oklahoma is a 13 and a half point favorite 6 30 p.m abc sting
5: Did you guys see the story how Lincoln Riley canceled all the media availability?
1: Mm -hmm. What do you think about this, Christian Clemente, alum of the Auburn Plainsman?
2: Uh, I mean, I think that was pretty good reporting by those kids at Oklahoma Daily. They went and got the scoop, right? Honestly, I should probably be considering doing the same thing. You know, head to the top of the Haley Center, get my military (laughs) binoculars, (laughs) see what I can do. But, no, I mean, good for them. That was really good reporting. It was cool to see. The
1: top of the Coliseum.
5: (laughs) be awesome I'm gonna go with OU and this one <laughs> they're gonna keep right, rolling that, that, that. they're feeling good after coming back from uh, that deficit against Texas I think they they roll they, they, they keep rolling
2: something about TCU and Oklahoma is always concerning it feels like TCU always has a chance to pull off an upset against like one of the top Big 12 teams but it's not happening on Saturday Oklahoma keeps rolling with uh, Caleb Williams
1: yeah if we believe the reporting <laughs> <laughs> caleb williams probably will end up being the starting quarterback i don't know how you can go back to spencer rattler um this is a little bit different of a situation than maybe what auburn encountered with bo Nix and tj finley it's a lot different of a situation and OU needs to make a change and this could be a step to take oklahoma in the direction of being a legit national championship contender like we thought they had the ability to be at the beginning of the season they're not quite there right now but they could get there i'll take oklahoma
3: outside of a win against Western Carolina Oklahoma has played down to their competition at home but the issue in this game is that it's probably not going to be Spencer Rattler starting it's going to be Caleb Williams and you saw how dynamic he was in a win over Texas last weekend TCU lost to SMU earlier this year it's it's just bewildering to me. They've had, it,
1: those teams aren't terrible. Yeah, but
3: they've played TCU has played SMU consistently over the past like 4 or 5 years and they've still managed to beat good SMU teams in the past. This one they weren't able to beat. I don't think they're able to get it done with Caleb Williams starting at the helm. If Spencer Rattler was starting this game, I would have concerns, but I'm going to take Oklahoma to win at home.
1: I want to do some trivia here. Do you guys know what the name of the SMU TCU rivalry is?
3: Oh crap. It's. Uh...
1: Sting would know. Mm. I would know. I did have to go to Wikipedia to clarify. I can't remember. I, know. I can't we remember. Don't
2: know. Nope. Don't have the first clue.
1: They play for a skillet. That's Battle
3: right. It's the oh. iron skillet. Iron. skillet. Yes. They all just kind of blend together. All these different ki- kitchen uh, utensils. Iron, they just blend bowl, together iron skillet. Way. Same difference. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. Awesome.
1: Superior trophy, iron ball or iron skillet, as Christy Clemente <laughs> just posed.
3: Would you rather have a skillet, Auburn fans call it? <laughs>
2: or I think a bowl. the bowl. I think the bowl is pretty cool. I mean you could get a bowl anywhere though. Uh, that's yeah.
3: true. That's true. And a skillet also uh, is, it duels as a weapon, so I mean yeah. yeah, there you I go. like the skillet. I think the skillet's pretty
1: cool. Oh <laughs> you wins this ball game. Last game here before we go to break.
3: Iowa State at Kansas State. Iowa State is a six and a half point favorite on the road. 6:30 p.m. ESPN. Two, I believe. Kansas State quarterback Skylar Thompson is going to be healthy for this game. Sting, who do you have? I love this one. Do you guys know what they call this game?
5: Since we're since we're doing that, I didn't
1: know this was a rivalry game.
5: It is a rivalry game. You know what they call it? The they Iowa call State, for radio? State. They call it Farmageddon. <laughs> oh, it's probably my second favorite rivalry name behind Christian's own Brawl of the Wild. You can't beat the Brawl of the Wild. You can't. It's pretty dope. But Farmageddon is pretty close. Anyway, since 1990, Kansas State is 25-6 and six in this game. It's also the mm-hmm. longest uninterrupted rivalry in the sport. They've played every single year since 1917 without fail. Hmm. And Skylar Thompson is going to be back. Who
1: rivalry when you have Farmageddon?
5: Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. Skylar Thompson is back. He had a career game against OU, and now he's had two weeks to continue to rest and recover. He already had an amazing game against OU. I think that Iowa State being favored by six and a years
2: madness. Kansas State wins. Yeah, I'm going Kansas State as well. I think Iowa State just continuously lets me down. Time after time, I'm bring, done. Bring I'm, your
1: pitchforks and wheelbarrows. Kansas dope.
2: State wins farm again. Iowa State's
3: not been playing well this season. They beat Kansas last week, fifty-six to seven. Good job, but you're not yeah. going to beat Skylar Thompson at home. So Iowa State's winning. This man has yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just about to say this man has slain Oklahoma in his time with the Wildcats, and he almost
5: and did it again. He this almost past did it year.
3: again. Just watch, just watch Iowa State somehow manage to pull this one out with a solid defensive performance or something like that. Let's go ahead and head to break, and on the other side of it, we will continue more of on the line.
1: Back on, on the Line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Christian Clemente of albertsports.com. With us, you cover recruiting for albertsports.com. How did everyone enjoy their visit last week?
2: Uh, I think it went really well, despite the loss. You know,
1: And people headed for the exits with like 12 minutes left in the fourth?
2: Yeah. I don't think commits – or not commits. I don't think recruits put a ton of stock in the losses necessarily. I mean, most of the time they're going to see a school lose – unless they're being committed heavily by Alabama or by Georgia, they're going to see the school that they're being uh, recruited to lose eventually. And for a lot of these recruits, they're thinking, you know, they, they might've struggled along the defensive line. Like let's just say Curtis Perry, for example. Oh, it looked like they struggled a little bit along the defensive line. That's an opportunity for me to come in and get a starting job immediately and make an impact. They see it as a chance to make an impact more so. So I think despite the loss, it went really, really well, and it was also a big basketball weekend, and I think it went really well for basketball as well, recruiting-wise. Well, Jairus
1: Walker.
3: Yes. Jairus
2: Walker was the big one, yep. He was here for his official visit. Um, he has one last official visit left. That will be to Houston on the last uh, Halloween weekend But this here's month. the
1: thing. He won't have a shirtless Bruce Pearl next to him at Houston. He
2: will not. I was actually disappointed – because was in a hurry to get to the airport i for- totally forgot to ask him about what his reaction was to that because i asked some of the 2023 guys the stefan castle Kanan carlisle jakai newton they all thought it was hilarious like it was a great quote to ask them about that and they thought it was hilarious but i forgot to ask Jarris about that but i think the visit re- went really well for Jarris. i think auburn's in a really good spot
1: i just don't know how houston can follow that up
2: i yeah but they it's don't have
1: little... that type of environment for football games even they, i know but, they have a relatively good basketball history but
2: i think jairus likes the cougs though so that'll be tough really? and i i mean i i'm saying it's too close to call between auburn houston and alabama i don't know who's gonna end up winning this battle but i think we'll know within the first two weeks or so of november because he has that last official visit to houston and then he said probably a week or two after he's gonna announce a decision so we should know pretty soon here where Jairus is headed.
3: You mentioned the, uh, the uh, question to Stephon Castle. What were your thoughts on his reaction to what you asked him?
2: Yeah, so funny enough, uh, I tweeted out, but basically he said that he didn't expect the football game atmosphere to be quite what it was, and he said, knowing how big of a basketball school they are, referring to Auburn, I didn't expect the football games to be like that, and so when he said that on the phone, I was like, did I just hear that right? Like, there's no way I heard that right. And so I transcribed the interview, transcribed through that same part two times to make sure I got it right. And then before I tweeted the quote out, I listened to the audio again. I was like, I can't get this wrong. Like, that would be really bad. Don't want to pull an old miss. Well, that would mean I actually didn't even talk to the kid. But
4: <laughs> uh,
2: but I was like, I can't get this wrong. Brr. And I was like, no, this is exactly what he said. I was like, this is definitely worth tweeting. But uh, it, it just speaks to what Bruce Pearl has built at Auburn where, these high school kids are thinking auburn's a basketball school
1: that's crazy it's crazy not true but at least the (laughs) program has been elevated to that no they're a football basketball and equestrian school (laughs) It just depends on what the season is we'll be back with more saturday selections coming up later on in the show we got zach blackerby of the locked on auburn podcast on the other side of this break Back on On the Line on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Noah Gardner here with you on the show, joined by Zach Blackerby of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach, how you doing today, my man? I'm good,
6: man. I'm good. Happy Friday to you. That's right. We still like this Friday gig? Yeah, Fridays are great. Fridays are great. You kind of start feeling the atmosphere, even though it's an away game. Uh, it, feels like, uh, it feels like there's kind of the eve before... A pretty big SEC West uh, battle between the Tigers and the and the Pigs. And outside, it's pumpkin patch
1: weather, fall weather settling in. In a road That's trip right. to Fayetteville, Arkansas, impressions, early impressions of this ball game. It seems like, and you take a look at years where Auburn has had good to great seasons: 2013, 2016, 2017. There have been breakthrough games. And even in one of those years, 2016, you remember how big of a blowout that was, like Mm -hmm. 56-3 to or whatever, and that was against Arkansas. Right. It feels like this is a breakthrough game, could be a breakthrough game for Auburn this season.
6: Uh, You're more optimistic about tomorrow than than I am. I'm picking Auburn to lose this one, actually. I I think there's a lot of things that happen, that, that are kind of lined up, and I think they all favor Arkansas. Virtually all of them favor Arkansas, so... I think Auburn's got their hands full. Uh, Road game, 11 o'clock, obviously, in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And, you know, just talking with Arkansas media throughout the week, the second question I get asked, the first question is, hey, man, thanks for coming on. How are you? And then the second question is, hey, yeah, what's the feeling about the blown call from a year ago? And it's like, honestly, I've kind of forgotten about it. But, uh, you know, it gets brought up every now and then when people want to discuss Malzahn, discredit, you know, his last season at Auburn, but... That's really the only context where I hear it. But they haven't moved on. They're upset about it. And, uh, you know, it came up in Coach Pittman's press conference earlier in the week, and he kind of went out of his way to say it's not a revenge game. And uh, no one believes that. This one's been circled by a lot of the players, a lot of the fans, a lot of the coaches because they feel like they were robbed a year ago. And I think that's a big deal. I think uh, I think this is going to be a bigger game for Arkansas than it is for Auburn.
1: Take me through some of those things that you just said
6: uh, Favor Arkansas, not Auburn. Sure. Well, I think, you know, outside factors, like I just talked about um, with, you know, the emotional side of it, um, I I think it's going to be a similar Penn State situation where this home crowd really wants to beat Auburn. And uh, I I think Pittman has his guys focused. I think Arkansas is in a situation where they don't want to lose three games in a row. Both these teams coming off losses, and both of those streaks, uh, current streaks, uh, include Georgia getting pummeled by Georgia there. I think Auburn's uh, running game is a big question mark, and I mean, a lot of these storylines that we're talking about this week, we were talking about a few weeks ago when Auburn was heading into Baton Rouge. Can Auburn win on the road? Can Auburn go into a hostile environment? Can Auburn run the ball against a defense that isn't good at stopping the run? And they weren't able to against LSU. Can they do it against Arkansas? Arkansas may be worse at stopping the run than LSU, and so... Um, are, are they going to be able to do that? They're going to have to, I think, in order to win. So that's something that I think is interesting um, to look at. And then on the other side of the ball, I just I'm curious to see if Auburn can stop Arkansas consistently. There's a lot of hype around KJ Jefferson right now. I think rightfully so. Um, is he super consistent with his arm? No, but I, I do think um, I do think that Auburn's defense is going to have to, uh, to have to really buckle down against this Arkansas offense.
1: Looking at this Arkansas football team and the way that this game breaks down, it seems like the battle here, whoever wins this football game, that team will have been able to establish the ground game because both of these offenses yeah. are about running the football. My take all week, and I want your perspective on this, has been Auburn doesn't have to change anything about themselves to prepare for Arkansas. Everything that Arkansas does well on offense factors into what Auburn does well on defense, and everything that Auburn does well on offense factors into what Arkansas does poorly on defense. I know you brought up the LSU game a little bit, but Auburn did run for over five yards per carry against LSU. Didn't seem like it. A lot of that was probably second-half yardage. Mm -hmm. Did still run for over five yards per carry against LSU. I thought they had some early success against Georgia, and then Arkansas is a very bad run-stopping team it seems to me that Auburn would have the edge in that breakdown and being able to do what they want to do rather than Arkansas being able to do what they want to do
6: I hope so but you know you talk about Auburn not needing to change while that may be true and you can look at stats and say that but just watching this team and, and analyzing strengths and weaknesses at this point of the year most teams in the conference have an identity and I don't fully know what Auburn's identity is quite yet. And this could be a situation, like you said, to solidify that and kind of have that, I think you use the word breakthrough for that. And maybe that's the case. You know, we talked about it all off season, all summer. Harson and staff wanted a blue-collar football team, fourth-and-one mentality, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And it hadn't really happened. That hasn't really happened yet. We, we saw it early in the season against lesser competition. But once Auburn started playing better teams, Uh, they've kind of shied away from the running game. Some of that by game plan, and then some of that they just weren't able to run the ball at a higher clip or as efficient of a clip as they wanted to. And I think that's a tad concerning because, um, you know, Harson talked about winning early downs, and you obviously can do that through passing the ball, but I think he was talking about running the ball in that situation and kind of maintaining that balance. We just haven't seen it yet, and it doesn't mean that that can't happen, and it doesn't mean it won't happen tomorrow, but... Until it does, I just kind of lean towards Arkansas's offensive presence over Auburn's uh, going in Saturday, especially with it being an 11 o'clock game in Fayetteville. Well, there's something to be said about one of these
1: teams has beaten a good football team at this point, and one of these teams... Granted, the win over LSU, I think that LSU team's vastly different than the LSU team we're looking at now two weeks later after getting mauled by Kentucky. They've had serious injuries to multiple key players, Keyshawn Boutte, Eli Riggs. Half their roster
6: is gone now. Right,
1: and they've probably checked out at this point in the season. So I do think Auburn had a good win, but I don't know if you would – pair LSU up as a win up against what Arkansas has done at this point. Arkansas believes a little bit in themselves, maybe a little bit
6: more than Auburn does. Would you say that that's the case, or do you like where Auburn's confidence is at? I think Auburn's all right. I mean, they seem surprisingly optimistic after getting pummeled by their rival. Talked with Chandler Wooten on Locked on Auburn earlier in the week, and he said that Auburn had the best Sunday practice that they've had all season. You know, as far as looking at what happened the day before and then turning their focus to their next opponent, obviously that's Arkansas. And talking to other folks throughout the week, that seems to be a common report coming out of practice. And that's good. I think that says a lot of things about culture. I think it says a lot of things about leadership and just kind of saying, okay, don't let that loss beat you twice. It kind of makes you wonder how much they expected to win going into that game because they got over it really quickly. And I think it's an interesting conversation, but um I think Auburn believes they can win this game. I think that's their goal. I think they're looking at this as a as a business trip type mentality and going up there to win. And, you know, how confident is Arkansas? I mean, you look at it. They got pummeled by Georgia significantly worse, but then they bounced back and they put up a ton of points, essentially scored at will, had a few turnovers mixed in in there. But the offense should be feeling pretty confident. The defense, I don't know how you mentally bounce back from what Ole Miss did to you the week before in just a few days. And so... Maybe Auburn has more confidence. I just think Pittman is a really, really good coach. I have so much respect for Coach Pittman. He's probably become my favorite coach in the SEC. I just love listening to him talk. And Turn watch. that jukebox on! I'm all about it, man. I am all about it. So, um, I, I, Coaching, I give the edge to Arkansas. Talent, I give the edge to, to Auburn. As far as what I've seen so far up to this point, I think it's a pretty close push. But the fact that it's in Arkansas is kind of why I'm like, eh, uh, okay, I'm going to take the Razorbacks in this one. You mentioned
1: Arkansas scoring at will on a bad Ole Miss defense. Terrible. I think it is just as bad as it was last year. If it's not, it's only centimeters yeah, better. Well,
6: and you heard from Ole Miss people all offseason. It's like, well, there's seven new starters, so it's going to be fine. It's like, mm, okay, maybe. It's a good argument. And then, But there's still five guys from last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe those guys are the issue. I don't know. I don't know. But –
1: is this a situation where you think Auburn can bring that Arkansas offense down to earth a little bit? Because I go back to, and I know you had questions about whether or not this was actually a good run-stopping defense, but I thought we saw some positive things on Saturday against Georgia in terms of stopping the run.
6: Yeah, until about that three minutes left in the third quarter, then just the dam broke. right? Which and is
1: the grind you out, pasting you you know, type of situation. Yeah, and
6: Georgia's going to do that against everyone. Auburn broke... Three minutes left in the third quarter. Arkansas broke. 10 minutes left in the first quarter against Georgia. So, you know, can Auburn do that on the ground um, on offense? Yes. And then can they slow them down defensively? They're definitely going to do it better than Ole Miss. Are they going to do it as good as Georgia? Probably not. Look, I'm not big on transitive properties and common opponents. Well, syllogism does not apply to college football. No, I don't think it applies to any sport. Uh, So, but. For the sake of conversation, like Auburn looked a lot better against Georgia than Arkansas did. Does that matter? I don't know. I have no idea. But yeah, so in theory, Auburn's defense is way better than Ole Miss's. And so it should, it should slow them down enough to give the offense an opportunity. Sure. Looking at
1: the Razorback defense and what they like to do, the word dollar defense comes out a little bit. Three-man fronts. These guys drop back seven, sometimes eight guys into coverage. In what looks to be kind of your NFL-type cover three defense, how does that factor into what Auburn wants to do on offense? It seems like it could challenge Bo Nix a little bit. He won't have a whole lot of pressure coming his way. Arkansas is one of the worst pass rushes in the league. He's going to have time to just sit in there all day long and, and dissect. But the question is, can he get the, can he get the problems right?
6: Yeah, and uh, I think if you can run the ball, it doesn't matter. I think if, if you can run the ball in first and second down consistently and win those plays— I don't think it matters how many guys are in coverage. If you can just kind of constantly force, um, you know, third and threes, third and fours and kind of say, okay, we can give it to Tank or Jarquez Hunter in these situations. Because I think Bobo has done a good job with scheme and play calling. I'm not worried about the offensive game plan as much as I was Um, following the Penn State matchup because I mean he got guys open against the best defense in college football take fade
1: routes out I absolutely adore this Auburn offensive scheme
6: yeah and I mean I didn't like the Penn State game plan as a whole and obviously the fade the fourth and two situation was was a bad move but um, I mean they were just running the ball at will and they kind of quit doing it but Um, Other than that game, I've been fine with everything that we've seen so far. It's just been execution, and there's only so much they can do. I get the feeling that this coaching staff has these guys prepared. It's just, you know, catch the football. Catch the football. I mean, Bo Nix looks so much better than he did a year ago, and I hate that all these drops— um, are being put on him. There's this weird storyline earlier in the week that he's throwing the ball too hard, and it's just like, what are you doing? Stop it! These guys need. It's hitting him in the hands. It's hitting him in the helmet. They need to catch the football. Yeah, I've never understood the uh, he's throwing the ball too hard. It's easy to hate Bo Nix, right? That's what uh, that's what everybody's mentality is. And man, if you call people out on that, they get really, really upset. So maybe we should just leave that alone. <laughs> I'll talk about it if you want. But yeah, people, um, you know, Bo Nix has done a fine job. Is he great? No. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. But he is a fine SEC quarterback. And just, I don't know how you watch the Auburn-Georgia game and be like, yeah, Bo Nix is the problem there.
1: Here is a question that Lance and I have mulled over throughout the week. Arkansas's personnel decisions, they opt for more defensive backs than they do linebackers. They have not been st- They have not been stacking the box against teams this season. But we've seen pretty much every opponent opt to stack the box against Auburn. Sure. Do you think that they adjust and get away from the essence of who they are on defense? Or do you think they stick to what they've been doing?
6: Uh, I would be surprised if they didn't stack the box because that's the only way to really slow down this rushing attack with Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. I don't think, you know, I don't don't love this offensive line. And, you know, there's a lot of inconsistencies there, especially on the inside guys. But they can beat three. If we're going to see three-man fronts consistently, I think Auburn's going to be okay there. And so, yeah, I think you're going to have to stack the box. Maybe they bring a fourth guy down. Maybe they bring linebackers in. And, you know, I don't love Arkansas's linebackers as as, um, as far as running or run defense. I think they're a little bit more rangy than thumpers. And so... Yeah, I mean, Auburn's going to have to run the ball. Auburn's going to have to win the game by running the football tomorrow.
1: I really hope that we see five guys in the tackle box, three linemen, two linebackers, because that's what Arkansas has done a lot this year. Yeah. I really hope we get to see that. That would be incredible. And Barry Odom as well will switch into that 3-3-5 three, three, defense some also. So you mm-hmm. may still – still, though, six guys in the box is not oh, – that's something that you can overcome with numbers. I mean, six on six, Auburn can beat that.
6: Especially with how they're using Shanker, you know, yeah. whether it's uh, putting him in the backfield or using him as you know attached to the offensive line. There's a lot to like about that matchup if they keep it that way. And so it, it puts less pressure on your receivers. It puts less pressure on, on Bo Nix. And I mean, yeah, if you can get third and short consistently... And Auburn's done a good job having long drives. They lead the SEC in plays per drive with a little over, I think it's like 6.1 plays per drive. That's delicious. It is delicious. It's fantastic. And so that's something that I think we need to continue to see. We saw how quick Georgia was able to to kind of bully them down and breaking them. Auburn's going to have to do something similar like that um, early on to kind of take the crowd out of it, to get some positive momentum, maybe some confidence back after losing to Georgia last week.
1: Last question to you here before we let you get yeah. out of here. I know you've got a history of covering the NFL draft and evaluating guys for the next level. Man, my hot take right now, and it may not be a hot take, but just nobody's talking about this guy in this light, but I feel like John Samuel Shanker should be a legitimate NFL prospect after what we've seen from him through the first six games of this season. A lot of versatility there to play fullback or tight end at the next level.
6: Yeah, and you got to wonder like how much they care if he's playing fullback because like they're not going to use him – Um, as a fullback but he's shown some athleticism they're going to like the fact that he's played baseball too but 6'4 250 like that's that's good size that's kind of what you want and just the willingness to do whatever you need him to do yeah I'm sure that he has made some money this year I don't think there's any question about it is he going to be a highly sought after dude probably not but I think uh, I think he's the first end to get drafted probably since CJ is that right I can't yeah. think of anyone else who that would have been. So, yeah, there you go. Of course, Auburn didn't use tight end. so if we want to count Chandler Cox, he was an H-back. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. was Shanker. He was playing H-back just last year. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Sal Canella floated around for a little bit, but Auburn used him more as a receiver than a tight end. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Zach, appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Locked on Auburn, available every uh, weekday morning wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. And if you're in the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area, tune in to News Talk, WA&I on 98.7 FM every morning. I'm on there from 6 to 9. Thanks, dude. Zach, appreciate it, my man. We'll be back with more of On the Line on the other side
1: of this break here on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama.
3: Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Lance Dahl, Noah Gardner, Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com here with us. Got a few picks left to do before we head out of here, but Christian, before we do that, tell everybody again where they can find all of your great content.
2: Yeah, so it's all over at AuburnSports.com and then along with on Twitter at Cclemente underscore. Some
3: fantastic stuff going on over at AuburnSports.com. You do not want to miss it. Let's wrap up the show with a few more Saturday selections.
0: Saturday selections.
3: All right, we got four games here. I don't think we picked the Mountain West game so far this season. We're going to do it right here Air Force at Boise State. Boise is a three and a half point favorite. 8 p.m. FS1. Sting, who you got? You know, (laughs) you and I have been wrestling with this over the whole course of the break here. (laughs) I,
5: I did a little bit of research and, you know, thinking about that BYU game, Boise State won. I think they did a
2: really good job. Air Force is one and four on the blue turf. Give me the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going Boise State. Uh, I think Hank Bachmeyer is pretty solid. More solid than like a Gus Malzahn six and four solid. Maybe he's like seven and three solid, but I think he's pretty solid and he'll get the job done.
1: Gus Malzahn shade. Uh, i have to defend why this is on this the the form here today because i put it on here boise state's five and one or excuse me air force is five and one boise three and three this game has mountain west implications i like boise at home in those implications
3: sting wants me to disagree with him at some point today it's not going to happen this game i think boise is going to go out there and win because we talked about it looked at air force's record they've not really played anybody impressive moving along here quickly number 10 michigan state at Indiana. Michigan State is a four and a half point favorite. 11am FS1. Sting? Sparty. All day.
2: Michigan State is going to trip up eventually, but it's not going to be to Indiana.
1: I had to think about it a little bit. Only four and a half point favorites, but Spartans. Better quarterback play. That's the difference. We don't know if Michael
3: Penix Jr. is going to be back in this game. I'm going to take the Spartans to win on the road in this one and cover as well. Number 18, Arizona State at Utah. This is a pick'em. 9 p.m. ESPN. Sting? Oh,
5: I hate this. I really like what Arizona State has done this season. I really like Herm Edwards, but I also like how Utah has been playing recently.
1: You picked them last week! Damn
5: I it. know. I did. I did pick him last week, and I was
0: right. Do it again!
5: Nah, I'm going to go with the Sun Devils.
0: Whew.
2: Uh, so my other two pick-ems, I split this game because I don't know what to think, and I always get Arizona State, wrong because I always pick them, and I'm picking them again. Give me Arizona State.
1: I want Arizona State. More offensive firepower there yet again and about the same level of defense. Lance? Yeah, I'm picking Arizona State as well. I'm sorry, Sting. Yeah, I'm
6: <laughs> oh, sorry. I
3: cannot stand you, man. <laughs> we want to get some separation in the standings, but I think we picked every single we game the have. same. Oh, well. Oh, well. We're both gonna have a bad uh, week, then. I have a really bad week. Last game here before we get out, Auburn at number seventeen, Arkansas. Arkansas is a five-point favorite. Eleven a.m. CBS. Sting. Who you got?
5: You guys have maybe more confident over the course of the week that Auburn's gonna win. I do, although I think Arkansas has a lot of advantages in some of these position matchups. I think Auburn's gonna win to make it six in
2: a row against the Hogs. I think Arkansas might might be the better team but talent wins out in this one uh, i think auburn is just more talented really across the board um call it a revenge game if you want for arkansas it doesn't matter i i really don't think they're going to be able to beat auburn i do think it'll be close like i think auburn wins by a field goal or a touchdown but i don't think arkansas is going to be able to win auburn by
1: two scores who i think this is the breakthrough game for auburn i think all all matchups all breakdowns of this game point to auburn has the schematic advantage i
2: think tank and jarquez run for 100 apiece
1: auburn may get near 300 lance i think auburn wins by 10
3: 37 27 is my final score prediction
1: that's kind of where i was at that's it for another edition of on the line following us we got the drive with bill cameron and dan peck four auburn picks there for you hopefully that doesn't doom them. we'll (laughs) see you on monday everybody you know where to find us